your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a trio of feathery brethren, weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Bo Sheel and Zach kicking it cooler than three penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some Birds with Friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo and Zach coming at you with stats and things flapping. We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We're going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Birds with Friends on a Wednesday afternoon. Bo Wolf, Shil Kapadia, Zach Berman, Marissa Morris here, and we got to begin the show with the uh, revelation from last weekend. I have to wish a happy anniversary not just to Shield, not just to Zach, but to both of you. Do you guys have the same anniversary? May 29th. That's correct. Yeah, we didn't know Whoa. that until last uh, until last week. Bo, you brought it uh, to our attention. And I just found out. My, now, my wife said that I knew this before, but that my mm. in-law's anniversary was also the same date. Really? May 29th. That's interesting. Both uh, Rachel and uh, my mother's had the same birthday. And uh, Rachel's brother's wife's mother also has the same birthday. They, so that was a, that's, that's our weird uh, date confluence. Okay, turkeys to the kingdom. Uh, whose marriage lasts longer, Miner's Axe? <laughs> well, go ahead. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I, I, I hope both of ours last a very long time. There you uh, go. I'm going to go, yeah. uh, I'm gonna go 100 turkeys on Marissa. <laughs> okay, there you go. Um, it was also Jimmy Kemsky's birthday. Wow. So All were right. you guys, were you guys married Jimmy on the Kemsky. same day? This was no. my 10-year anniversary. This was my five-year. Oh, okay. Uh, old man over mm, here. Yeah, wow. That was, you really, you really, uh, you know, you really, you big deed him there. And also uh-huh. got, uh, as my wife reminded me, as we uh, drove into uh, Philadelphia, got married at the same establishment as Joe Flacco, who I told her is now on the Philadelphia Eagles. Hardware? Yeah, that's where, yep, that's where we uh, <laughs> had our uh, nuptials, is that? Mm, yeah, there you that's go. That's the word. Nuptial is always a tough word to spell. Not spelled uh, as, as you expect. I'm trying to work this out day-wise, so this means five years apart, you must have been married on different days of the week. I was a Sunday night. A Sunday night. That'll do it. Memorial and, Day uh, weekend. Sunday I think night. I was the same. Is that, is that possible? Right? Really? Yeah, I think I. Yeah, I think I think we planned it so that we could do the Sunday night of Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. Huh. I guess. I guess. Or the Sunday of Memorial Day weekend. I don't know. Really? Right. Who cares? Well, I mean, obviously, I care. How was Look your, it up how was after your day? And tell how us. was your day in the city, Shield? We'll get to that later. Oh, we're gonna get to that later. Yeah. Okay. We, you you keep them listening. Us a list. Okay. Well, we'll get to that later. Uh, for the listeners we will also have a little uh rook into the future we're going to go through some things that we think the eagles uh that we are not talking about about the eagles at the moment that are going under the radar that will become storylines either during training camp or during the season so we'll do that but before we get into all that good stuff it's time to send it over to the stone cold newsman for an update on what's going on with the birds
The Eagles are in their final week of the offseason program, their modified version of the offseason program. We will be at practice later this week, but we continue to speak to veterans and other players on the team. Uh, Dallas Goddard spoke today and said that he is in contract discussions with the Eagles, did not go into specifics of it, but said that he would love to get this, a second contract in Philadelphia. There's always that push and pull in terms of do you get the contract now and get in the financial security or do you try to boost your value this offseason I imagine that is uh, one of the sticking points here but uh, it is something to monitor considering Dallas Goddard's entering the final year of his contract Brandon Brooks spoke to us last week Brandon Brooks who's been out or, or, or he's been back on the practice field after missing last year with a torn Achilles tendon said he thinks what people are forgetting is that he tore his Achilles before and he said, in quote, and when I came back, I was the best, period. So he's optimistic that he will return. How many other periods were there? How many other periods? That was the – he punctuated his statement with the period. He also uh, <laughs> confirmed essentially that he was a topic or a subject in trade, in, uh, in trade discussions this offseason. He, he understands that's the business. He added that he wished he heard about it from the Eagles directly as opposed to finding out about it secondhand. Uh, so those were the, the pertinent updates as far as anything that would be considered like, like news-centric. We've, we've had good tidbits from other players uh, throughout the past few days that we will continue to intersperse into our stories. And then the other thing we should point out is that we are taping this on June 2nd, and so a Zach Ertz trade uh, would be easier to, to uh, I guess, navigate cap-wise or even a release if it came to that point. So pay attention to potential traction with Zach Ertz. Malik Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey, the Eagles are getting their cap savings from those, from those moves now that it's post-June 1st, and it's also easier to potentially acquire uh, a big name player if that's the direction the Eagles go. So we won't need to take this down the path of Deshaun Watson because that's a whole separate issue. Uh, but if the Eagles were to make a blockbuster trade, the financials are different than they would have been a few weeks ago. Now, what are you hinting at there? Julio Jones? No, I just said Deshaun Watson. Oh, okay. Also Deshaun Watson. Okay. Yes. Do you think there, do, do you think there's any chance in the world, does it make any sense at all for the Eagles to make a play for Julio Jones? Financially, no. Football-wise, I mean, you're a better also team with Julio no. than without it. But I, I don't see it given the state of this roster. I don't see how adding Julio Jones helps you because you're going to have to give him a contract. You, know, if, if you have to give up major compensation, and then I imagine he's going to want uh, money as well. So uh, it doesn't make sense to me. But look, he's he's— But neither did Joe Flacco. He's a very talented player. Well, Joe Flacco's a one-year deal for a backup quarterback. That's different than giving up a premium draft pick. Uh, Shield, do you have any Julio Jones take? I mean, it'd be a terrible idea. Okay, he's, yeah, makes no sense. he's 32 years old. Your team stinks. You're in a period of transition. You have to give up draft capital. You have to pay pay the player. Uh, I can't think of a, you know, I probably could think of a worse situation. I probably couldn't think of like, you know, eight, eight situations that made less sense than the Eagles 
for uh, for Julio Jones. Okay, yeah, I think we all agree. We can uh, move on from that. Let's. Uh, I want to get to Goddard and the extension talks, but before we do that, let's let's uh, circle back on Ertz. Um, obviously, there's nothing doing here. Uh, there hasn't been anything going on for a while. Uh, I know that the Bills created some cap space, and there was a thought that maybe that could be to help uh, create some room for Zach Ertz. Uh, water gun to your head. Do the Eagles find a trade for Zach Ertz, or are they forced to uh, swallow the pill and release him? Shield? I think they will find a trade. It'll be some type of garbanzo beans trade where, you know, maybe a pick swap type mm-hmm. deal, but where it looks like they actually – uh, got something, but they didn't really get anything or uh, do anything. So, I, I mean, it's lasted this long. Let, let's be honest. If there was a, a market, a bidding war, a trade would have happened by now. So, you know, I'm, I'm sure there are teams that are just waiting this out and saying, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll take him. We're not going to give much up uh, for him. Uh, but uh, so, so I think it will be officially announced a trade. I don't think it will be a trade that will like require an emergency pod, if that makes sense. Well said. I agree with that sentiment. I I believe Ertz. I believe they're going to get something for him. It would be like an abrupt about face and like a, a pride swallowing for Howie Roseman to just just release him for nothing. Now I understand cap savings is something, right? So it's it's not nothing. But I I I do believe that he's he's going to try to extract some type of compensation, and the asking price will clearly be less than it was. Before the draft, otherwise there would there would have been a trade. But I, I do think they find either a pick swap or like a low name a a no name player or unknown player kind of. And there's a seventh round pick or with a sixth round pick attached to it. How stubborn do you think they will be? Do you think they they are willing to carry Ertz on the roster into training camp and in hopes that some other tight end gets hurt around the league? Yeah, into training camp, sure. Why not? I mean, okay. you waited this long. Yeah, if there's nothing there, I wouldn't be opposed to to doing that and seeing if somebody gets uh, gets injured there. Now, uh, you know, in that case, you would probably just end up releasing him if you get to that point and no one does get injured. But yeah, if you, if you've gotten this far and you haven't gotten much of an offer, that might not be the worst plan in the world. Yeah, I, I think this season might because you you do want like some cap flexibility during the season. So that eight and a half million would be enticing during the season. But if if you can get your rookie signed with with what you have now, uh, sure you can have it linger. And, and unless there was like a Stephen Nelson move to drop and they and they and they needed the money, you know, if 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 the, if there was a veteran that was going to cost them something year one, then. Uh, then they would probably need to make a move. All right, uh, let's talk. Let's talk Goddard and uh, you know these guys who they could extend. Uh, we're going to write about this on the site, so I don't want to go over it uh, too extensively. But you know there are five guys on the roster entering the final year of their of their rookie deals who you know you would think could be extension candidates. Goddard being one of them, along with Derek Barnett, Josh Sweat. Avante Maddox and Jordan Mailata, and some of those are, are probably more complicated than others. But the Goddard one, um, I think, is interesting, and, and he acknowledged today, as Zach said, that there have been discussions, and he said that he would like to uh, get something done before the season, you know, if all things were equal. Um, the the tight end market is interesting because it is it is pretty suppressed. Um, like the franchise tag for tight ends is lower than at any other position. You know, other than specialists, I think it's like $11 million. And so I feel like 
Uh, I feel like of those of those guys, like the defensive ends are a different conversation because that market is the opposite, where it's super expensive. Like it, it would behoove you to be able to sign a guy like Barnett or Sweat ahead of time if you if you were able to. Uh, and Mylotta is a totally different discussion because of the guessing game. But I feel like it's not that bad for the Eagles to um, to go into next offseason willing to just franchise Goddard if if they can't work out a long term deal because of what of what the market is. What do you guys think? Uh, do you think that Goddard is someone who they will get something done with sooner than later? ZB, you got anything on this, or you want me to go? Yeah, so I I was I was deferring to you. I I think it would behoove the Eagles to try to get this done sooner, barring injury. I think Dallas Goddard's value is going to be much higher at the end of the year. I I think he's going to have a good season for the Eagles. Uh, now I I see what you're saying about the franchise tag relative to wide receivers. I don't know if that's a dance you want to get into. Um, if you're trading Zach Ertz or you're moving on from Zach Ertz, part of that is because you're committing to Dallas Goddard being your tight end, right? Uh, so I think that this this would be a priority move, and uh, I I would make Goddard and my lot of kind of the priority ones, and and, and maybe not so much the defensive ends. Um, but uh, yeah, I I I would have motivation for signing Goddard now. Last three years among uh, tight ends, total receiving yards. Where do you think Dallas Goddard ranks? Mm. Seven. I was going to say ninth. 13th and that was Ooh. higher than I expected. Wow, 7th yeah. and and 9th. All right, so let's talk about the the tight end market. Uh you know, we saw now this is very, this was very Patriots driven. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but uh Janu Smith and Hunter Henry both got 12 and a half million dollars per year from the New England Patriots. So if I am Dallas Goddard's uh, representation, that is the floor for a deal that I'm doing. I mean, Jonu Smith has never had more than like 450 yards in a season. Uh, Hunter Henry, the advanced stuff on him is not, uh, is not very good. I think if you did a kind of a comparable comparison between Henry and Goddard, it would probably be relatively similar. The year before Austin Hooper got ten and a half million dollars. I mean, Dallas Goddard is in the neighborhood with all of these uh, players. So, you know, you're talking about like between 11 and $13 million per year as what you would have to pay. And if you're, That's, if you're, sorry, go ahead. yeah. And so if you're Goddard, like you're not motivated to sign a deal right now. Right. I mean, sure. Yeah. If you want to give me $13 million a year, then let's have a conversation. If you don't want to give me that, uh, if you want to give me like under $10 million a year, then we're not talking. Uh, if it's in like the neighborhood there, then maybe there's a discussion. So, but remember, I mean, he's 16, uh, games away from hitting free agency. Now, Bo, you're right. They do have some leverage because they have the franchise tag in so the their pocket. The, the projected franchise tag for next year, according to over the cap, is $11.3 million. So if I'm the Eagles, I'm not going to offer him a deal with the average value being higher than the franchise tag. And if you're Dallas Goddard, you're right. not motivated to make a deal. That's, right. So, I mean, I, I'm offering so, like maybe maybe like you know ten and a half ten and a half a year. Or uh, something like that. I mean, I would I if I'm him, I'm saying thanks, but no thanks. Go ahead. You want to yeah. use your cap? Use you want right. to use eleven million of your and I'm cap on me? You'll prove you can stay healthy for a year, Dallas. Well, I I don't know. Is that a little over? I mean, he he's missed six games in okay, three years. It's, yeah. He's not like the most, you know. Uh, yeah, but we're most, playing. We're playing yeah. the negotiation game. Here. Oh, so, okay. All right. <laughs> Sorry, so I he, didn't realize that you were a, you were Howie Roseman all of a sudden. 
Yeah, so he had a broken ankle last year, which you can't really control. But he he has had this soft tissue calf injury um, that he was on the injury report early last year, the end of last year with the calf. Obviously, you think back to training camp in 2019, and then also he got hurt, I I think, uh, in one game 2019. So... Yeah, so the he he has had injuries in the past. It hasn't been the type of thing where, you know, he's he's missing like years at at a time. But I I I wouldn't necessarily dismiss the fact that he's someone who has appeared on the injury report throughout his time here in Philly. So the last three years, like I said, Goddard is thirteenth among tight ends in receiving yards. Uh, Hunter Henry is sixteenth. And Jonu Smith is 19th, and Goddard is the best blocker out of all three of those. So I mean, I, I don't know. Okay. Like, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. and if I'm Howie Roseman, I say you can't you can't hold me accountable for the stupid moves the Patriots made. <laughs> well, that, that's fine, but I mean, I, I just think if, if unless you're Goddard, right. I mean, Like, uh, I don't know if you're putting like if you want to pay for a house in cash, uh, like a mansion in cash or something mm-hmm. in the next uh, 12 months. Now, do you, you think when he buys that house, do you think Avante Maddox moves in with him, or do they finally part ways? Um, I don't know. Well, I think Avante Maddox maybe if Goddard is getting the deal and paying for the house, I think Maddox may want to pay him rent mm. to stay there. Cause I, I don't know that Maddox, I mean, maybe Maddox will be here for a while. I don't know, but I would say right. it would be a little less certain. So I don't know, just looking at this and I, you know, I was just looking this up as we were talking here. Uh, I just think if you're Goddard's camp, uh, I don't know why you would be really motivated to uh, take anything less than what those guys got, $12.5 million a year at this point. I mean, he's 26 years old. Like Zach said, I mean, he, he very if Ertz is gone, he's going to get even more opportunities this year. You would think he would get more targets. Um, so this feels like a bet-on-yourself type situation. And really, like, what's the worst-case scenario? I mean, the worst-case scenario would be that you stink it up, you he get injured, yeah. and yeah, and then, then you, you get a one-year to, deal, and you yeah, you, know, you get a one-year deal. Again. You'll hit the market at twenty-seven, yeah. yeah, twenty-seven, twenty-eight. I mean, that's not like the, and again, that's like the a low percentage uh, possibility. So uh, that's how I would look at it. Now, if I'm the eagle, you look at it from the eagle's perspective. All right, would you want to be that aggressive? And I think I would say no. I, I wouldn't really want to be that aggressive for Dallas Goddard. I mean. You can make the argument, certainly he's like a top 15 tight end. Um, Do you want to pay that kind of money for a top 15 tight end? Do you view him as a guy with the upside of a, like in the Kelsey Kittle, Darren Waller type uh, range? Is he going to be a top five guy? I mean, I do think he has upside, but you would certainly like to see more production. Like you guys mentioned, durability. And 12 and a half million, you know, you look at last year's free agency, you're talking about a guy like Corey Davis, Signed for twelve and a half million. You know who would you rather have, Corey Davis? Sorry, or- eleven and a half is the franchise. Okay. Oh, you're. So oh, but you're, you- you're talking about what what those Patriots guys got paid. I'm sorry. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But the thing I I would also point out here is that if you think back to Dallas Goddard's draft class and you think about who's who's going to become a, a free agent with him at the position, uh, Mark Andrews is set to hit the market, and Very Mike Jacecki as well. So mm. those are that guy. I mean. Who's worried about him? But Sarka. I mean, well, he, he, he had a good year last year. <laughs> yeah, I know Gasick. I like a Gasick. Gasick yeah, had okay. some so, nice moments last year. I just wrote my Dolph. I just wrote my Dolphins mm. uh, chapter in this project. I'm uh, 
Do I we are, are we? Can we make this public? Are we? Are we? Teasing I don't this? know. You would have to ask my editors. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm just write, writing a you know a thing on all the teams that'll come out uh, hopefully later this summer. But yeah, I just went through the Dolphins and and Gasicki did have a nice year last year, and I do remember watching them, and he did have some, have some highlight level uh, plays there. So uh, they've got some nice juice there in terms of pass catching mm. weapons for uh, for Tua in Miami. So I actually think those guys are probably in like a I didn't I didn't realize all those guys are yeah. uh, free agents, and so of course it's, Hayden Hurst. <laughs> Although no, because he has a fi- oh no, because they declined no, but, his fifth year option. Uh, uh, they declined it, but then there's also yeah. this tier of former first round tight ends, including Evan Ingram, including OJ Howard, including David Njoku, who oh. are uh, going to be free agents next year as well. So wow, what a loaded market! Wow, that's what it's I'm saying. totally different than this year's Clay. Yeah, this year's that's interesting. Two, three so, guys. So if if you're in Dallas Goddard's camp, like there's there's a degree of uncertainty about. How many teams are going to pay top dollar, mm-hmm. you know, for the position? Uh, if you do get injured, you know, you could be in a spot where you're way down that totem pole. Uh, so there could be. In- I, I'm. I don't want to play Howie Roseman here, but but there could certainly be incentive for you know a locking in on a long term deal at this point. Well, the other thing I'm curious about is, you know, they have all the, they have these these five guys, right? And you know, maybe you, maybe you wait on a few of them, as you said, Zach. You know, maybe Goddard and Mylotta are your priorities. Who knows what it, what it is? But we've heard so much about uh, maintaining flexibility for next offseason. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if they are like if they're a little bit skittish about committing dollars to uh, next year's offseason in case you know they're going to end up with this huge amount of cap room that they can wait and see who's available, whether it's for a quarterback or, or somebody else, you know, do they, do they want to wait and see before they commit to these guys? It's a good question. I would say that when you look at the last time they were in this transition period, uh, now I'm, I'm not going to say Dallas Goddard and Jordan Mailata are Zach Ertz and Lane Johnson, right? But what the Eagles mm. did back in 2016 was that they identified core guys on their roster. I'm glad and you brought this up. And they they signed Ertz, they signed Lane Johnson, they signed Vinnie Curry, who was set to hit free agency. They gave Malcolm Jenkins a contract they extension. Seven guys to uh, yeah extensions. That and it was it was essentially them saying like like these are the guys that we're going to build with, and that that group won a Super Bowl, right? So it was it was a good plan. That was that was a good group of players. Um, I I don't know if I would. Put Mylotta and Goddard and maybe you know a Barnett, Sweat, however you want to frame it, in that category. But if if the Eagles identify these players as your core guys, um, I'm all for drafting, developing, and 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 re-signing because you know the players in your building better than you know the players elsewhere. But I would say you you also probably overrate the players mm-hmm. in your building. Sure, I would say also. Sure, that's probably true. I think with Goddard, I think um, I think the good thing from the Eagles' perspective is he maybe more than anybody else. Like I don't think there's much of a fear of losing him next offseason because the franchise tag is is so low that like if they decide to play it out and he has a monster year, like that's fine. They'll franchise him or come to you know a long term deal. Uh, whereas like you know if Mylotta is like an, a Pro Bowl tight end or left tackle or something. There's a possibility that he wants to just hit the market because, um, you know, he'll see what he can get. And that franchise tag number is, is you know, much higher. Same with, uh, you know, the defensive ends. So I, I feel like I feel like Goddard is, is a, a situation where 
there probably is a, a middle ground to be made, but for both sides have um, real incentives to just sort of wait it out. And now, Shield, correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, I've heard a school of thought that, that teams don't want to get into the franchise tag with someone that they hope to sign long-term because you're absorbing all that, uh, you know, the the cap hit is it, it's a big hit in, in year one. If, if there's a guy that you think you can sign to a five-year deal, you're not going to get that big cap hit year one and, and that the franchise tag is sometimes more preferable if you're talking about like a short-term contract with a player. Yeah, right. I mean, if, if you if you have him play on the franchise tag in 2022, all of that money, that $11 million is on your cap for that year. If you sign him to a long-term extension, you can spread out the signing bonus, and actually he probably will have a very low cap hit in his first year uh, because you're you're spreading that out. So, um, you know, what, what you were saying, Bo, in terms of the flexibility to add a quarterback, that wouldn't necessarily be for next year. That's if you're planning for, like, the next three years and say, all right, well, we're you know, this money is going to be on the books for Goddard uh, at some point here. Uh, do we really just want to pay him that much or not. But in terms of 2022, if you sign Goddard to an, ex- you know, an extension, um, he's probably not going to have a big cap mm-hmm. hit in 2022. If, if that's your, well, and you can always do the you know, flexibility franchise now to make sure you're here. And then when then work sure. on the deal, you know, and sure. restructure tag and trade. Yeah. yeah. You can do all kinds of things. Well, let me give you this, Zach, cause you, you mentioned this. Um, and this was a little bit surprising to me, just given, you know, the way that Howie Roseman is described as, you know, always wanting to, to keep guys around. Uh, during his decade as general manager, he has only extended guys drafted by the team 10 times. Two can you name those 10 players? Now, this means that he the, these players were signed to new deals before they hit free agency from their rookie contract. Uh, yes, I, I can name them. Um, and I, I, I will. I, I do want to put out a, a, a reminder that in, in uh, the news update, we bypassed big pieces of, of news that we should talk about and that's some of the changes in the front office or the promotions in the front oh office. yes we, we, should, should we will get to that at, at least acknowledge yeah so uh i should have mentioned it then but when we were talking about that stuff that hit me in the head uh so yeah so so let's go with um if if a player signed a, a new deal during chip kelly's year does that count uh, there's only one person who that applies to, and I did so not that's count Kendrick's. It. So that's you Kendrick's. didn't count that's Kendrick's. Right. Yes. Okay. So then Brandon Graham, obviously. Incorrect. Wait. Wait. So wait. So 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 what are the rules here? A Brandon that Graham was... hit free agency. <laughs> I thought. Okay. All right. So I. So a player before they hit the open market. Yes. Before they hit the open market. Gotcha. I thought you meant a player who they kept. Like that's a technicality. Brandon Graham hasn't signed up. Well, yeah, but that's okay. they they let him have a chance to leave. Understood. Okay. Yeah. I apologize for that. Players they players they made sure to sign before I they sh- had a chance to go. I, so How long were, is this gonna take? Like, can I go get a coffee? No, so I feel like Zach's gonna get or, this in like okay. yeah, seven so I, seconds. But. I I could just think about the draft classes. Uh, Fletcher Cox. Correct. Um, now they they let Curry hit them. Curry. You're, no. Let's they, see. Curry. It, it, it was, was right before. It was right, it was right before, before one. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so that one counts, Curry. Yes. Okay, so then Lane and Ertz the next year. Correct. The 2014 year, they didn't. No, that was Marcus Smith, Jordan Matthews, Huff. Um, yeah, they didn't sign any of those guys. Fifteen. Uh, I mean that that wasn't his year, anyways. But Nelson did not. They gave him the fifth year option. Um, 
Correct. So that doesn't count. Uh, oh, oh, Carson Wentz. Correct. Counts. And uh, and, and Sam Malu from that year. Correct. That's six. Um, Four more. Did Jalen Mills hit the open market? He did. He did. Okay. And then they signed him at, after after that. Uh, so that's everyone since my time on the beat. Um, oh, oh, Kelsey, of course. Correct. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking the years before that I, so. Hmm. Three more. Um, Two during- easy ones if you go back far enough. Okay, so LaShawn McCoy, would that count? Yes. And then uh, would Deshaun Jackson count? Deshaun is, he sort of count. He, they, this, he's the one that they did the franchise and then okay. signed him to a deal shortly after. So he's the other one. There's one more that you're missing. Uh, Macklin. No, Macklin hit the market. Macklin hit the market before they re-signed him? Yes. Okay. Oh, Riley Cooper then. Yes. Right? Okay, yeah. Uh, so there you go. Which I think is more a function of like there have been some bad drafts. Um, but like, you know, I think of Avante Maddox and I feel like Jalen Mills is a good, uh, you know, comparison for him. Like he seemed like the kind of player who you might want to sign to like a team friendly deal, but he ended up hitting the market. They brought him back, you know, and then now he's gone. I feel like that's the kind of thing that might, that might happen with, with Maddox. Does that surprise you that it's only 10 or, or that's exactly what you expected? I haven't thought about it enough okay. to know whether I'm surprised, but that's yeah, that seems like a reasonable number. If 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 you re-sign ten of your draft picks, I, I suppose you probably want over more a than decade. That, that doesn't. Seem yeah, like you that want many. more than that. That's not good. So yeah, so I, I I would expect that to be more. Now, obviously, like it's a little bit unfair because there have been like three drafts recently that you're not going to extend guys yet. But yeah. uh, you know, 2018, I don't know how many people are are going to be re-signed from that draft class. Yeah, they had some some bad drafts in there. Okay, uh, Sheil, are you awake? Are you back with us? No, yeah, I was just messaging Marissa to cut that uh, segment <laughs> out, and okay, um, that that can be for the you know like a email it to the loyal listeners or something. You have to request if you actually content. want to hear that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. Why don't we get into? Uh, why don't we skip over the uh, the big picture yep. uh, off season thing because we can get to that later. Now, just you know a little like how the uh, how the Saitan is made here. You know, the Eagles aren't open practice until Friday, and then we're going to talk to Nick Sirianni then. But nobody wants to listen to a you know a Friday afternoon podcast, so we got to you know sort of you know come up with ideas for what to talk. I actually about think there's a sweet the spot for that now in the uh, you know in the in these uh, in these times where everyone's not uh, commuting and all that. Like I love on a uh, on a Saturday morning. Mm. Or a Friday afternoon when I open up uh, the old podcast app and there's something new for me. Because usually by that point of the week, I, I've knocked out everything I want to listen to. So just something to keep in mind going forward. That's true. But also, do you really want to record a podcast Friday at 4 o'clock? No. I mean, well, the day is kind of yeah. doesn't really matter there. There's just the first part of the question. There's no. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, we're tossing around ideas. We'll get to a big picture conversation uh, probably later in June when we have nothing else to talk about. But uh, instead, we're going to do a rook into the future. And uh, we're each going to have two things. We'll Wait, I thought we horn. were going to mention, though, the changes in the Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Do you want to do that or do you want to yeah. do the rook? No, no, let's do that first. That's more important. Okay. Um, so 
The Eagles, as as we said, made some changes in, in football operations. The headline here is that uh, Catherine Rach, I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. I think uh, Rach. Rach. Uh, she was promoted to vice president of football operations. Uh, this was the title that Andrew Barry had for the Eagles when he was here. And uh, she becomes the, the, uh, the highest ranking female football executive, uh, you know, personnel executive. So there are higher ranking female executives on the business side or the marketing side, whatever it may be. Um, but football operations, uh, Catherine is the highest ranking one in the NFL. So, uh, but, but beyond her gender has, has a, a, a fascinating background was an assistant general manager for the Montreal Alouettes uh, also worked for the Toronto Aragnots. I hope I'm pronouncing the Aragnots correctly. Um, and was has been with the Eagles the past two years. Uh, was and this is according to Sports Illustrated's Albert Breer. She shadowed Andrew Berry back in 2019, and then um, you know was obviously with the team last year and uh, was identified. If you, if, if you remember. By Jeffrey Lurie as a future GM when Jeffrey Lurie was talking about the GM factory that the Eagles have. Yes, and notable that everybody he mentioned in that passage got a raise or yes. got a promotion. Mm-hmm. Yes. Got a promotion. So uh, certainly someone to watch in the front office. Um, you know. Now what? What else did did Breer say? Anything else about about Rich connected to Barry in there, or, or is that it? That the role will be similar, I I believe, to what Andrew Barry did mm. uh, with the Eagles. So. Um, there's, you know, and then there was also, uh, I, I will give a shout out to USA Today's Jory Epstein. Uh, she wrote a good piece, um, in, in which, uh, she spoke to Catherine Raich about her background. And, and, and so I would, I, I would recommend, uh, reading that if you would like to learn more. Um, but, uh, big for you to get a Montreal connection. Yeah. So I was, I was going to say that on, on a personal note, you, you, you don't usually get, uh, Montreal natives in the, NFL and uh, as we've discussed on the podcast, my mother is a proud Montreal native, and I have my whole my whole maternal side of the family is from Montreal. So uh, you know, per- perhaps we've dined at the same restaurants before mm. up in up in up in Montreal with Pat Shermer. <laughs> haven't been uh, bon appetit. <laughs> uh, so some other moves: um, Ian Cunningham and Brandon Brown are both named director of player personnel. Uh, this is more of, of title changes for them. Ian Cunningham is essentially in charge of the college staff. Brandon Brown in charge of the pro staff. And then they there are overlaps in terms of, you know, they're, they will both look at the pro and college side respectively. Uh, Phil Baia was moved from... Another he, big one for you. He's the Southeast scout now, which is a prominent spot the scout he is a princeton graduate played football mm. princeton who which is uh coach i know that's hard for you to swallow the official ivy league team of bow and shield on this podcast <laughs> um, wow uh, the rivalry's so, back <laughs> uh so shout out to coach flynn because that program is producing a prominent scout in the eagles organization uh dave caldwell the former jaguars gm well you didn't mention that phil biaha is a uh is a local guy. That's yeah, the, that's I, your connection. I believe he's he's from Haddonfield. Is I apologize to Phil if I got he's from South Jersey. I I, I know that. I yeah. believe 
Haddonfield. Uh, before I, I get to Caldwell, I'll, I'll mention some of the other scouting changes. Matt Holland becomes the Northeast scout. Um, and then Jeff Scott, who they hired away from Washington, he becomes the pro scout. Amina Salomon, or he's a senior pro scout, I should say. Amina Salomon is the is uh, was promoted to pro scout. Um, she had uh, she's been with the Eagles the past few years. She has a background at Temple, um, so that's another name to watch. And then uh, Bryce Johnston is the senior director of football transactions. Um, so some of you might remember Bryce yeah. Johnston when he was. Uh, just a, well, I shouldn't say just a, when he had a Twitter account and was keeping us abreast on website, Eagles, Eagles cap. Yeah. On Eagles cap information. Very cool. Um, and now is doing impressive things, uh, within, you know, senior director of, uh, of football transactions. Uh, and, and so then, uh, Dave Caldwell, former Jaguar. Hold on. I, let me chime in on that one. Cause I yeah. think that's a good, uh, you know, Zach, uh, normally students has Zach for advice, but I'm going to chime in, mm. uh, Chime in here, you know, for those of you who are uh, want to get in sort of the sports business or, uh, you know, whether you're writing or doing something else, I do think one really smart way to do it is to kind of find that uh, niche where there's not there's not like an expert out there. You know, there's not like a public expert out there on it and you feel like you can become that expert. I mean, he, like, like Zach said, I mean, he had a website, eaglescap.com. I remember going right. to it, uh, probably during my philly.com days. And, just like you know, almost only just like every day. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, no one else was doing that. Right. Like, yep. like every time you write something, think is there, can, can a reader find this anywhere else? And like all the content he was putting out and I will give uh, Jason Fitzgerald of over the cap a shout out as well. Like the stuff, you know, he's doing, you're not, you're not going to be able to find that anywhere else. Like when there's rumors of a Julio Jones trade, I'm going to find out what Jason Fitzgerald of over the cap is saying, because I know he'll be right about what this means for the trading team, what this means for the acquiring team, whether they have to wait for a certain date, uh, all those, all those things. And so, uh, I think it's, uh, you know, you, you, I'm not saying be one dimensional, but if there is like one area that really interests you or that you feel like you can have an expertise on that no one else is doing. Uh, that is a good way. I feel like to kind of uh, grow your audience or make a name for yourself. Well said, be different or be better or, or be both. Hmm. Mm. Uh, so <laughs> did you want to, did you want to go to Caldwell? <laughs> yeah. So then the, uh, Dave Caldwell, former Jaguars uh, uh, GM. Hold on. Did I just become real loud? No, you've always been loud. Sorry about that. Not really. I, just, I think it's good because I think half our yeah. audience probably. <laughs> so <laughs> sort of, if they're like me, I'm like. Well, I mean, if I heard Dave Caldwell, I'd be falling asleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope not. Dave Caldwell, former general manager of the, of the Jaguars, hired as personnel executive. And this is a nebulous title, but essentially he's he's a, an experienced voice in the front office, right? Um you could say yeah i think this is like uh this is probably like a remote position you know cross check some players for us we can put your name on the masthead and you're not really that involved no it's it's probably comparable to you know they they had (laughs) yeah they they had john dorsey a year ago they've had yeah they've had phil savage in the past yeah someone who who has sat in that seat before and can obviously lend insight on players, but can also lend insight on some of the decisions that are being made. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think, you know, Dave Caldwell is not here to rise the ranks within the Eagles. That's all I'm saying. 
Okay. Well, this is how it works. I mean, you yeah, get a job, a soft, you, you get a soft friends, landing. Yeah. you find somewhere, and then hopefully you find you land somewhere else. And right. uh, you know that's why. Uh, well, I probably shouldn't go that far. I'll bite my mm. tongue a little bit. But well, this is just why you see a lot of the same names kind of get recycled yeah, over and cronyism. over again. And the, yeah, and there might be qualified candidates of uh, of different races who might right. have trouble breaking in there. Now we should say, you say. know, um, you know. Brandon and Ian, Brandon Brown and Ian Cunningham, who both got promoted, are uh, you know of color and Catherine. And they hired and, and they promoted to yeah women yeah absolutely. Right. I mean, and, yeah, and Catherine, I mean, this was in general. No, 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 I know, I know, I know. You were not. Yeah. That was not Eagles thing. But we because we talk about it a lot. I think it's it's fair. Yeah, to we should. It. Now absolutely. I also think it's like it's a little bit uh, it's a little bit twisted because and somebody said this better than I could, but like the impetus is like oh like you know good job by the eagles um you know promoting diversity when it really should be like you know good job by Catherine and amina sure absolutely uh for earning their promotions like yeah you know it, that's they're the ones who should be getting the credit right it's not it's not like oh you know you promoted a woman good for you um but that's anyway. right but it, it's fine to acknowledge because we yeah. criticize them when they don't do it so i don't think there's anything wrong with uh, right. crediting them when they do uh when it does appear at least that they've casted a uh, wide net and, and given opportunities to uh you know people who uh, might not otherwise get them not that they're like you said not that they're doing right. anyone a favor those candidates have resumes and have earned every bit of it probably even more so than others would have to but you know a, at least it's a step in the right direction and there's a there's a story out there. Uh, you I think you were about to touch on it before, Zach, about how Catherine and Amina have started this uh, sort of like um, network of all the women working in football operations across the league, which is which is pretty cool. Um, I had one other thing to say. Oh yeah, I mean, and, and in terms of just like the promotion, like the title changes, I think it's 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 not unlike most businesses where um, you know if if somebody is sought out elsewhere like for instance we saw that ian cunningham got an interview with the panthers uh for for what would have been a promotion like if people are sought out elsewhere they're going to get they're going to get promotions within in order for them to stay yes you should maybe like yeah so would it behoove you to you know uh maybe like tweet something that looks like it was a mistaken dm to peter king Mm. you know like um uh pk uh can't make where he lives in jersey right you know, he lives can't, in, can't in New York make, now. Yeah. Oh, in New York. Okay. Uh, PK can't make it up to NYC to chat uh, next week, but would love to catch up later this summer or something. You know, leave it up there mm. maybe like a few minutes, and then oh, you, oops, my bad. That was uh, deleted. That uh, sorry for the confusion on the last tweet or something. Hey, Peter, I really appreciate the <laughs> offer. Um, my only sticking point is. Uh, I'd love to work for you, but I'm going to need you to renounce all affiliation with Mike Florio. Oh, gosh. Okay. All right. A quickie and Cunningham we, thing. How, um, okay. Yeah, go ahead. No, so uh, he – I hope I haven't told this on the pod before. Um, he played at Virginia. He was an offensive lineman at, at, at Virginia. He went by Ian Yates Cunningham at the time. Um, and uh, he, he he played there, I think his last year was 2007, certainly was because I took over the UVA beat in 2008, and I asked around like about the team that was there before, you know, re- uh, replacing players, and I remember like multiple people raving about this offensive lineman, Ian Yates Cunningham. Interesting. Yeah. I don't think you've told this before. Yeah, so, uh, and that was the team, by the way, that had Chris Long on it. Um, they That, that team had... 
Brandon wow, Albert this, on it. All had of these you, promotions are full of Zach. And had Max. had Eugene Monroe on it. Like like that was a really good Virginia team. I believe they went nine and four, went to the Gator Bowl, and uh, and and so they had to replace him. And then um, you know when the Eagles hired him back in two thousand and sixteen, two thousand seventeen, uh, that's when I I put it together. Oh, this is the same Ian Cunningham that was on on that Virginia team. But but he was a very respected offensive lineman at UVA. That's good background. I like that. There you go. All right. Uh, okay. Rook, uh, Rook into the future. Sheila, you want to go first? Yeah. What, we're, talking, so the, we're talking things that we know are going to become storylines or we expect or are guessing are going to become storylines about this Eagles team in training camp or during the season that are not being talked about at the moment. Yeah, okay. Yeah, with the timeline I thought was interesting there. You said at training camp or during the season, it was a wider timeline than I was anticipating, but well, I can work I mean, with that. Yeah. I'm, and now I'm trying to trying think to give here. give us as many options as possible. So I only wrote down two things in the minutes leading up to the podcast. One of them I feel like is juicier, but less likely that you guys mention it. The other mm. one is less juicy, but more likely that you guys mention it. So I mm. guess... I should probably go with save the less bad boy. juicy. Save your bad boy. Yeah. I'll save the juicy one. If you guys say it, then uh, that's okay. I will give you credit. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we already are talking about this, but uh, I would imagine that at some point there's going to be a, a conversation, a topic. Maybe it will be in sort of a, a slow day uh, in July or August, or maybe it'll even be during the season where we will be talking about uh, Eagles can only extend one of these young buck defensive ends. Mm. Josh Sweat or Derek Barnett, who is the guy they should aggressively pursue? Uh, now that I'm saying this out loud, I mean, could there be one with less juice than this? I mean, really, terrible job by me. But I had it uh, on I don't my know. list, but I was not going, oh, to, okay. I was not going okay. to use it, so All I'm right. actually glad uh, that you did. Okay, so yeah, so that's what I was thinking. I mean, both these guys are, what, 25 and under, right? Yeah, uh, they're both really young. Really young. Sweat uh, was more interesting last year, I guess you could say. You know, I, I thought he was uh, impressive. Zeeberm, what a, was it like Zeeberm's first podcast where he was yeah. gassing up Josh we Sweat? Wow. Him. We were just yeah, killing you him. Really, I couldn't get off the ball in uh, training camp. Uh, Zach, you should, you need to be bring that up more, you know, I mean, you could leave me out of it, but certainly crush Bo. Uh, you know, when people more. ask Tom Brady what his favorite article <laughs> oh, or, or, or what his favorite Super Bowl is, he says the next one, right? All I'm, right. I'm not going to get up here and flaunt old predictions. I'm going to worry about future ones. Mm, you don't know how this podcast works <laughs> mm, yet. Yeah, that's, okay. That, is, that oh. is just bad job by you. But we, we'll see. I mean, both guys are going to get an opportunity to play this year. I don't know what the snap distribution will be. I mean, if Sweat is just like chucking people. I could see, you know, Bo, I don't know if you're going to do this article uh, this year or not that I kind of uh, handed off to you, which I, I love reading mm. as much as I loved writing, where you just go around and ask as many guys. You took it to the next level by asking more people, but you just ask players who's like the guy who's, you know, just torn, been tearing it up this summer, who's going right. to have a monster season. Couldn't you see that being Josh Sweat? I, I could see. But I, I could see, see it being Barnett too. Really? No, I, don't, I, I think you I think when you're a first round pick, people don't like picking you. Like yeah, that. but it's it's far enough removed now, and he's had okay, so many. You know, true. he's had some injuries. Um, I like I I can envision either one of these guys having like a, a breakout 10, 11, 12 sack season. Now okay. let me ask you this so. about Sweat because I, I have heard like behind the scenes some some talk that 
maybe he's better as a situational pass rusher, right? That that because do we know that he can yeah. hold up? Yes, exactly. Right. So if if you're or paying we want to pay him uh, like a the, situational the, the drier pass hits, rusher. give me a second. Yeah, yeah so that if, thing is unbelievable. If you're paying big money <laughs> to Josh Sweat, it's it's not just to be you know your third defensive end. It's it's to be a starting defensive end. And in that, I understand your third defensive end is still rushing the quarterback, but you need to be confident that he's going to hold up physically as as a uh, you know as a top of the depth chart player. Tools wise, I think Josh Sweat has the better tools. Um, but Derek Barnett, like Derek Barnett's just a solid. He's a solid player now, and I still think there's upside there. But we talked about injury issues when it came to. Uh, Goddard, that that same conversation can apply to Barnett as as well. He's even more so. He's been banged up at times throughout his career. I feel like yeah, I'm a little I, bit on on oh, like bad. Derek Barnett Island. If we're gonna steal, uh, you know, a phrasing, I'm a little bit. I, I acknowledge that I'm a little bit biased about this, but like I still think he can be really good. I mean, I think about I that that Niners game. He dominated Trent Williams the entire game. I don't know, you know, I don't know if he it has been. Uh, nagging injuries that has held him back um, or if he's you know he's just not that good enough but I still think like he to me he reminds me of 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 Brandon Graham like there's this this slow start but there's there's a reason for upside still he's very young he's only going to be 25 this year like I would I you keep that guy around I would agree okay yeah I I think the question with him is ceiling Uh, yeah and that's totally fair I think you're right. Yeah, I think the floor is high. You're going to get a starting quality, starting caliber defensive end in Derek Barnett, and, and there, that is a night. You know, if you're uh, so, you're kind of mitigating some of the risk by signing a player like that. I, I think certainly with you know Josh Sweat, I'm looking at his um, you know page here. Uh, last year, he played 38 percent of the snaps, and that was a career high. And so. That is true. He has not proven it as like an every down guy. Now, every down at defensive end is not really every down, right? If sure. you're playing like true. 60, 65% of the snaps, that's a win. Is he even going to see that workload here? Now, if you're the Eagles, you, have, you of course, are trying to push that, that, uh, you know, we don't know if he could hold up. Uh, he hasn't done it because right. he's probably going to hit the market and get a big uh, uh, get a big deal there. So um, I think if you, it's sort of interesting too. I guess this is sort of a could be a bit of a subplot this year. I mean, those guys are going to be fighting for snaps, you yep. know, especially sweat. Right. If I'm sweat, I'm like, dude, yeah, I'm not coming off the field on third down. Are you crazy? I don't need to be rotated in. I'm in a contract year. Bring in I Ryan had a Kerrigan huge knee right injury. Now. Yeah. I had a huge knee injury in college. Uh, I did not make a huge amount of money on my first contract. Like this year is important to me. I produced last year. Uh, you're not taking me off the field. So that like that just, talking about it now out loud like that is something they're going to have to uh have to manage this year especially like you mentioned now with signing Ryan Kerrigan as well it's a tough predicament because like you would like to keep both of these guys like you should want to keep both these guys again they're very young sweat just turned 24 but like can you afford that I don't know probably not and and especially when you gave Graham you know you essentially guaranteed that Graham's gonna be in the roster in 2022 
Yeah. Yeah. Ro- Romeo Okwara got 12.3 million. That's what I was thinking of. Uh, that's a guy, Carl Lawson got 15 million, you know, like he's been a very good player, but if you just look at like, you know, I, I know we're not supposed to look at just sacks, but if you look at just sacks, uh, I think Barnett would probably stack up right there with him. So that's the neighborhood you're probably talking about now. I do know, think, so, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, no sweat. I, I mean, I, I think Barnett like is going to get that money regardless. I do think sweat, uh, does have a lot riding on this year, mm-hmm. you know, a lot will depend sort of on does he stay healthy? How does he play? If he performs well, he probably has, you know, he's going to be in that range. But if he's sort of banged up or if there are nagging injuries, then he might have to sign like a one year deal type thing. So he really has a lot riding on this season. I was going to say, like, to the Eagles credit, there have not been a lot of instances, I think, where they have let a guy go and he has really come back to bite them. Um, especially younger players. I mean, Jordan Hicks turned out to be probably better than they were expecting, you know, and he was like super healthy. He played every snap for the Cardinals the last two years. Um, but that's like, that's really a bad, I mean, Aguilar obviously was was better than anybody expected in Oakland last year, but I don't think you regret that. Anybody? Um, <laughs> huh? I was, I was joking about the anybody. But, <laughs> no, no, you are right. You, oh, you, you thought right. he was going to be that good? No, I didn't think it was. I thought he's well, going to be so bad in New England this year. I can't wait to fade like the Patriots. It's <laughs> it's it's very fun, um, and it's just going to ruin Belichick's legacy. That uh, it turns out that he wasn't that good of a coach all along. Tom Brady was just carrying him the whole time. Mm, Mac Jones is going to be. But terrible. then you have to give. But then you have to give Tom Brady credit. Yeah, but uh, I, that battle that battle is already lost. He's already <laughs> getting that. He's already getting that credit. So the the best case but you scenario st- you, now. You think you still have a chance? You think you still have a chance for your Bill Belichick <laughs> isn't a good coach? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If Brady like wins another Super Bowl and the and the Patriots are like you know five and twelve and Mac Jones is terrible, I think that really takes like a luster off of Bill Belichick's legacy. Yeah, certainly when you compare the two. But yeah, I, I don't know that the floor would be as low as you're seeking there. But uh, I hear what you're saying. Well, that's okay. So anyway, I think it. I think it. Like I think this is actually uh, not a good situation for the Eagles because it's going to be hard for them to keep both of those guys, and they're both productive players. Let's move on okay. to the next one because yeah, we're we're yeah, on we're, the hour mark here, and <laughs> we got to hear about Shields Day in the city. Uh, okay, I'll go. This is not a super sexy one, but I'm going to say uh, we're not talking yet about the. Uh, this is tied into Goddard and Ertz. Uh, bad news for our uh, friend of the show, Paul Domowich. We're not going to be seeing a lot of 12 personnel in this offense. I think this uh, this city has gotten accustomed to 12 as a base, uh, and I think we're going to be seeing a lot more 11 uh, than we saw under Doug Peterson, especially the last couple of years. Last year, uh, the Colts were 15th in terms of 12 personnel and 9th in uh, 11 personnel 69% of the time. One of the only teams who was higher than them was the Chargers, where obviously Shane Steichen uh, was, I think. Uh, you know, Nick Sirianni is a wide receiver at heart. He wants to get these guys in space. And I think uh, we will be seeing less of the quote-unquote bog than we saw over the past couple of years. That's hallelujah. Is that interesting? Yeah, hallelujah is right. That's yeah, a good one. Good. Yeah, prayers up the Dama, as you said. <laughs> there were, but they still have like were... nine tight ends on the roster right now. So that's exciting. But only like three seven. of them actually played tight end before, right? Right, right. <laughs> only one of them has ever played in the NFL before. There were well, 78 personnel groupings last year that were used for at least 100 snaps. Where do you think the Eagles' 12 personnel ranked among those 78 in 
EPA per play. I'm a little bit confused about the sample. You're talking about just, all like, so like, like if the you, Rams 11 personnel, the if Lions you, anything you personnel. use for okay. at least 100 plays. Okay. So if okay. you use 10 personnel, if a team used 10 personnel for 100 plays, that gets in there. And how many were there? There were 78 total league wide. Uh, 76th. Zach? Uh, 75. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's a layup for you. Yeah. 69th. Mm, nice. Out of, out of 78. Now, having said that, uh, I don't want to mislead. The Eagles and 11 personnel were 61st. So you know, they were okay. they pretty much sucked across the board, as we know. But, well, I mean, uh, Richard yeah. Dickrod brought, brought something to the table, though. So I'm actually a, a tiny bit surprised. Anytime I can get a shot at 12 personnel, I got it. Yeah. Okay. So that's Zach. mine. Go ahead, Zach. So mine is tied into that as well. Um, I'm going with Dallas Goddard. Hold on. I'm, I'm having headphone issues here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, we got okay, you. Great. Sorry about that. Uh, Dallas Goddard is in discussion among the top tight ends in the NFL, right? Like, I, I, I mm. think he takes that next step this year. I, I think mm. that when, when, if, if they don't get that contract extension done, a big, big story, Goddard episode, a big story is, is, uh, is, oh, are they, are they really gonna have to pay Dallas Goddard? I, I think that as the number one tight end, um, and he played quite a bit in the past before, like we discussed, but as the number one tight end in this offense, he has Devontae Smith here. Uh, I think he's 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 going to be a very important player for them, and I think his numbers are going to be up there at like among the top five, top six tight ends in the NFL. Hmm. Okay, I could see it actually. I don't think that's uh, as somebody who was anti the pick and uh, has been proven mm-hmm. right over the years. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually could see that. I I do think he. Has I could see it too. That, that upside, I, I I want him to you know stay healthy so that we can actually uh, actually see it and see what he's capable of doing as sort of the the primary tight end, somebody who's getting targets, someone who's getting opportunities uh, with the ball in his hands. So uh, I don't think that's a crazy one. Are okay. we doing snake, snake here? Yeah. yeah, I feel like we, we don't we have, have to. Snake we always do snake. We always, we always do snake. Do snake. Okay. Yeah, okay. be who you are. All right, that's fine. Okay, so uh, this one is a bit of a. Not to my draft take, but oh no, mm. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> what? I'm nervous. He's worried. He's worried mine. he's gonna lose his one thing. But I think in December maybe there could be a lot of discussion about no. should they have taken Justin Fields? <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Oh, I thought that was what. Once you said, once you were worried, I thought that's what it was yeah. gonna be. No, um, mine's way out there. Okay, mine's okay, way out there. okay. Because yeah. because look, I I I that's obviously like Justin that's Fields leading up to the draft. I don't see a scenario where, like, I, I've heard all this talk about how Patrick Mahomes had to wait a year under Matt Nagy and they went with Alex Smith and Andy. But Andy Reid wasn't coaching for his job, right? Like, the Bears need to do what's best to win this year. I don't think that's going to be Andy Dalton. I think eventually that's going to be Justin Fields. And uh, he has a chance to be really good. And if he is really good, I think that that conversation takes place. Like, should the Eagles have just taken Justin Fields or even when they traded up to 10, should that have been for Justin Fields? That's not to say, I still think Devontae Smith is going to be an outstanding player, but if if Jalen Hurts is the inferior player to Fields, then it's a worthwhile conversation to have. I think that's fair. It's a great one, yeah. I if mean, he's uh, good, I mean, if he's good, that is going to be a, a, a constant topic for sure. 
And not only for the Eagles. I mean, really, right. there will be yeah. Eagles, Panthers, Panthers, Broncos. Jets. I mean, if Zach Wilson is stuck, I mean, there really are a he lot will. of teams. You know, Broncos. So uh, that is a good one. I, I like the take. I'm. Uh, I don't know that he's going to have a lot of success as a rookie with okay. sort of their setup there. I don't mm-hmm. have a lot of confidence in the organization as currently constructed that he's going to come in and uh, and light it up. But if he, you know, anything anything's possible. It would not it would not be a shock, and it would be uh, a fun storyline league wide. I think. Uh, all right, I'm up next, <laughs> and uh, trying to decide which one to go with here. You're trying um, to get me, huh? No, I don't. I don't think we have no. the same one. Uh, okay. You know, we've taught some of these are not super original, like, you know, Fletcher Cox's Fletcher Cox's decline. That's that's sort of a an annual thing. Um, I'm between two. I'm going to I'm going to just mention this because I don't think it's actually going to happen. But when you whenever you have a running quarterback, we always get, you know, can the quarterback protect himself a little bit better? But Jalen Hurts is actually good at that. So I'm going to say we won't get that as much. Uh, but in terms of like a sports radio theme that could come. You know, we've had the slow, the Eagles are too slow. I'm wondering if we're going to get now, the Eagles are too small on offense. Mm. When you've got Jalen Rager and Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts, you know, is a little bit smaller for a quarterback. Are the Eagles too small to be successful when the defenses can beat them up? Big people beat up little people. And then you get the overcorrection next year's draft. You know, you draft... uh, uh, Howie Roseman, Jay, you know, I, I went into Nick's office uh day after the season <laughs> ended and I said, we I wrote need down three, three things. things, size, Big. durability, and guys who love football. And you know what? He showed me his piece of paper. You wrote down the same thing. It was I just a picture of giant Gonzalez. Yeah. So that's why we just drafted uh four, six, seven players. Uh, mm-hmm. We really think this is, this is going to help us here. Uh, we want to be on the forefront of this type of thing. And uh, we're excited about the future. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get this juicy one. I, I, I probably oversold it. Uh, you know, let's say the season's going down the tubes a little bit. Jalen Hurts doesn't look like the guy. Maybe it's uh, late November, early December. There's a conversation of should the Eagles, you know, sort of tank for Liberty quarterback <laughs> Malik Willis. Have you watched the highlights of this guy? I've watched him play in games. Yeah. Yeah. Zach's, I mean, a, Zach's a card carrying member of the uh, Lib- Lib- <laughs> no, Liberty. Lib- Liberty Boosters Association. No, it's not that at all. Liberty was a, a prominent team last year, number one. And number two, they also played against Syracuse last year. Um, okay. So they, they beat Syracuse. Malik Willis, yeah, he played well that game. So. If you are listening and, you know, you want sort of one of these uh, random college players to uh, dream about on your favorite football team, go to YouTube, uh, just type in his name and watch the highlights. Listen, I have not watched film of him. I have not watched a full game of him. I'm talking about as far as like an eight minute YouTube highlight package goes. This is like the most exciting quarterback of the last five years. I mean, he looks like he play his style he, it's exactly Michael, a right-handed Michael Vick. I mean, it's unbelievable the way he that's moves. That's high praise. I mean, that's as he, exciting Do you as disagree? Have you watched it? I haven't Have watched. Watch? Oh, you haven't watched? All right. You I mean, I, watch I, I think Kyler Murray was like a more exciting player, but I, I see your point. Oh, I don't know. This guy, I, uh, I, I mean, was you're throwing the Vick conversation. Like that's Lamar, the most exciting player who's ever yeah, existed. Like I mean, La- I Lamar was, Jackson. Yeah, they've been exciting. He, 
I was I like like uh, aesthetically, Michael Vick was you know okay. I just. It, it would like just watching him. I was like, "This is beautiful that a like a person can yes. move like this." And have it, I mean, it was <laughs> a gift from the gods. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, how is the how am I the same species as this person? This is incredible. And so, uh, just his highlight video is incredible. I mean, he's blowing by people. He's making people miss. He's got the little wrist flick and is going good. You know, fifty yards in the air, no hesitation. Um, and so, uh, yeah. So I thought that would be a sort of fun one that no one is because you know maybe yeah you were right we weren't gonna have that if he has a monster season and the eagles year is going down the tubes i mean i was thinking back to the whole conversation of well next year's quarterback class isn't that good and then like i watched this guy's highlights and i'm like wait a minute he looks like better he certainly looks better than mac jones to me i'll tell you that much off an eight minute uh highlight video so i listen i know there's a lot more involved someone will probably tweet at me and tell me hey you know well x y and z about him he's got question marks uh i don't care go by the highlight video uh this guy's exciting also make sure you check out bruce feldman's story on malik wills after the draft when he identified malik wills as like the guy who's going to be jumping up these draft boards next Mm. year yeah just like he identified trey lance about this time a year ago makes perfect sense to me i mean what transfer from georgia i think right auburn i believe not like i I believe auburn Auburn. yeah yeah you're Mm. right who couldn't he beat out at Auburn, well, they have Nick. Bo Nix. Yeah, Bo Nix is their starting quarterback, right? So I mean, we've learned that you, yeah, I, that means very little. <laughs> I mean, let's not think that uh, every college head head coach or NFL head Fair coach, enough. for that matter, knows exactly who to play at quarterback. All right. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, let's uh, scroll back to a text from Shiel on Saturday, two o five p.m. for next pod colon uh, the first one quote. That's why I don't want to become a neurosurgeon, end quote. Oh, well, I, I can just, you know, I don't think we you need to go piece by piece. I can oh, just okay. tell you all of them. So, yeah, so we did go out. We, you know, we spent a uh, a day just walking around and uh, hanging out. Um, now, was it raining all day here, too? Yeah, we, okay. I mean, it, it wasn't like a downpour. So, yeah, you had a jacket on. You were fine. Okay. I don't know if you know this, Bo, but I lived in Seattle uh, for a couple of years. So, yeah. No, he must so be used was, to this. He must yeah, be used to this, so, huh? So I was okay. Uh, what I realized is one thing I do really miss is eavesdropping on other people. Do you guys oh, do this? fantastic. When you're at like a restaurant oh, or a bar One of the big highlights coffee. of going out. Zach, do you do this? How often? Oh, I, I suppose if you're at a bar, but if you're at a restaurant, you can't hear someone else's. Well, uh, I was at like an outdoor table okay. where it was like sort of back-to-back gotcha. booths. And so, I mean, you could hear every word but not everyone I does mean, this listen be- you've been you've been married 10 years you so you guys need to you know to get a gift of a conversation that you can then you know you, you two can talk for like the next half an hour about the people you were eavesdropping on what like what, oh. a, what a delightful gift absolutely although you know i will say that my wife doesn't eavesdrop as much as i do like this time she did but sometimes i'll be like oh my god did you hear what that person was saying and she's like what are you talking about and that's when i think all right maybe i'm the weird one for picking up on every <laughs> word that strangers are saying but yeah i, I don't know if these were, were Good reporting like young doctors medical students but that was a direct quote bo that you oh, just okay. read and then I didn't realize this. Did you know road? Road is a thing. Have you heard of this in, in reference to doctors? No. Road? R-O-A-D. Road? R-O-A-D. So I guess the thing is, if you to, if you want to have like a nice work-life balance, road, radiology, 
Uh, you know, I don't know what the O was. Mm. Ophthalmology, maybe? No, no I, I doubt it's oncology, <laughs> uh, with all due respect to yeah. the ones that I'm saying. Uh, anesthesiology and dermatology. Okay. Yeah, I thought maybe ophthalmology was the okay. one. They said those are the ones you do if you want a little bit of a work-life balance. So I'm thinking when I get back I on can see that road trips on the plane, uh, I should probably choose among one of those four when I'm pretending to be a doctor. Mm. Dermatologist is a good one. You think so? Okay. Although then people are gonna like show you weird their weird rashes. Uh, I don't want to see we. I don't want to see skin stuff. Yeah. What was the R? Uh, radio radiology radiology. Radiology. Okay. Yeah. Had trouble getting that one out there. Uh, okay. So I thought that was. What uh, you always get worried about if, if if you're on a plane is it's like that. Did you ask your sister about this, Shield? My wife has brought this up, Zach. Yeah, she said you got to be careful. I mean, yeah. You're is, really is there a doctor on board? On exactly. Yeah. yeah. You got to be careful. Yeah. I mean, I could just pretend I'm a doctor, but I'm a jerk. So, you know, someone mm-hmm. needs help. Uh, I mean, sorry, it's, it's I'm, not the worst thing in the world if, if something of, happens you know? and then you come clean and say, well, I was just lying to this guy not to talk to him. That was a great. Yeah, true. yeah, that was a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. You know, when he you refused know, I, to. I might be able to figure it out. <laughs> it depends how serious yeah, the thing is, you know, I don't know. You're just stabbing, you're stabbing pens <laughs> into people's chests. I'll say I can help, but is there a nurse practitioner <laughs> on board? <laughs> I need a little assistance and just go by whatever they say. So uh, that was that. Uh, Our waitress uh, came over and said, are you guys still killing it? I mean, how cool do you have to be to like, uh, you know, just uh, that's your phrasing when you're checking uh, on your customers there. I thought that was solid. And, uh, you know, the next place we went. Now, where was, so wait- where was that? Was that at uh, at Hawthorne's? Well, I, well, yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to give a shout out to every uh, you know single place that know. we went to. Maybe you like, well, I could give a shout out to that or... place. Yeah, we love we did love that place. I won't give a shout out to all the That's places. A good spot, but, Hawthorne's. Uh, yeah. Great, great spot. Yeah. They've so got a great said, outdoor setup. What they've concocted with those booths. They do. Yeah. Uh, and so she's uh, the waitress there said, uh, "Are you guys still killing it?" And then the next do you place, think she was the talking waiter- about the pod. Yeah, she's talking about the marriage. Sure of it. Yeah. And then the the next place, the waiter's name was CT. And so between those two, I thought that this was like an Instagram targeted ad in real life where they just knew how much I loved the challenge. And like next thing you know, he was going to like start calling me a quitter if I didn't Mm. clear my plate or something. Have you been watching the like the uh, veterans, the old guy one, old guys and girls one? Yeah, the all stars. Yeah, we we went through those. We're like, oh, you went through it already? Yeah. Okay. We were like, of course, slowly going through like a couple episodes. Um, but uh, anyway, so so uh, that was that. So yeah, I think those were my big uh, good day out. Do yeah, do love. I do love an eavesdropping though. I will say. Okay. I mean, Zach, that's what, that, that's what I miss the most. We went out to dinner, a nice time. No eavesdropping. No eavesdropping. <laughs> no, no. He, he talked among each other. You were very far. You stared into each other's eyes for <laughs> for two hours, and we're uh, no. We in. yeah. We we talked about our kids. We talked. Yeah. We, it's just a normal. It was a it was a nice night out. I mean, you gotta you gotta be able to mix in some time for for complaining about uh, you know jerks in your in your immediate surrounding. Um, <laughs> we we didn't know eavesdropping there. There was like there was looking around the room type thing, but we weren't. These are just pieces of advice from Marissa. <laughs> yeah, our our, our <laughs> last our, week we last week we had the uh, you know the journalism advice. We're ending today's with uh, marriage advice. Eavesdropping. Find people to dislike together. There you go. Now, uh, if you're looking for a classics for Shield update, we've we've paused a little bit on the movies mm. because we have started Mayor of Easttown, and we we have oh. not seen any spoilers. Uh, how far, I thought how you. Far are I, you? 
Uh, I thought you undersold it, Bo. We've watched the first two episodes, and maybe it's because I've been watching these movies, but I've been so much more into this than any movie I've watched uh, over the last three weeks. I mean, I'm not checking my phone. Yeah, I, can see that. I I love being in their world. I can't wait for the next episode. Uh, to me, for my preference, TV is just so much more uh, appealing than a movie. I mean, I a just- more, A little know, more digestible. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I just, uh, I, I'm in with them. Once I'm in, I'm in. You don't have to knock it out of the park with every episode. I like having you in my world. I like being in your world. Um, it's extended over several days. You know, I'm thinking about it after I watch. Like, just a totally different experience for me than uh, than watching a movie. You've been doing an all right job avoiding spoilers? I have. I tried the old mute button. Uh, now, I don't think it works mm. on all my devices, but I did do the old mute of Mare on a couple devices. So hopefully that stays true and hopefully we can just knock these out as quickly as possible. And do you have any uh, predictions on, on who the killer is? No, I mean, we're two episodes uh, we're two episodes in. So, I mean, I, I don't want to talk about the show in case people haven't uh, I haven't watched it yet. yet. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching it. It's one of those shows enough people are enjoying it that I, I, I need to watch it. They mention uh, Riddle Hospital, uh, which of course has been like a second home to the Capati family. They met, what were some of the other uh, local shout outs? They really no, could, no. if they had just had like birds with friends on the radio in the car, mm. then they really, that really would have taken it. To now, the next level. what is the reason why she's drinking the rolling rocks, Bo? That's been written about, mm. right? Do we have an answer for that or no? Yeah, I don't know what that's about. Okay. They do mix that's, in, they do mix in a lager every now and then. But. There was a lot, there was another character drinking a lager, but she's just crushing the rolling rocks. Yeah, I don't know. Which just is, I, I thought that's a Western PA. Yeah, that's the trope. Western P- yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. That's yeah. all I got. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Well, I guess that'll do it. Remember, that's that stuff is so good that you better rate, review, subscribe. Oh, wait. Delete. One last thing. I really should not have saved this for the end. But uh, my wife told, you know, I tried an Instagram story for the first time. And my mm. wife told me that to, to do a link, you have to have 10,000 followers. Did you know about this? To do a link? Like to do it to, to link on your to story, something. you know, like the swipe oh, up link. Oh, yeah, uh, type thing. Yeah, so I've uh, never I, done it, I've never done a story. Oh, yeah, it was exhilarating. Yeah, I, I would mm. recommend it. So, uh, listen, we need to get the Shio Kapadia Instagram following up mm. if I'm going to be including links, uh, in this thing before football season. So, uh, but what's the over under for when I could potentially get 10,000 followers to, to post a link in there? How many do you have now? I think like 1,100. <laughs> okay. Um, Got a ways to go. Yeah. February? Farewell. So it won't be in time for the season. All right. Then I will be berating. That's a challenge. You should, uh, yeah, you should get on it. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll be berating every How many Twitter followers listener. do you have? Uh, I don't know. More than that. Okay. Yeah, okay. Maybe, I bet you could get it by the season if you're really going to be incessant about it. So well, should we use... I, I, I've, I've been using, obviously, Twitter for work, but... Instagram, I haven't used it as a as a professional account. Should we make that a professional account? Yeah, it's not a professional account for me. Yeah, it hasn't yeah. been for me. Um, yeah, but what is a professional account for you, Bob? Well, that's a very good question. Twitter is not. Um, you could argue. It was so <laughs> hard for me last night. It was so not. hard for me last night to not tweet about Mike Florio. <laughs> I'm curious, Marissa, like, do you think we should really have Instagram bad. as a professional a outlet? Do you mean I, your per- your- I love Instagram, but I like I think you could do a, like a mix, you know, 
some family stuff in there, but also some work stuff. People get to see behind the scenes, you know, not too much behind the scenes. Yeah, then but... you got to be careful mm. what you're sharing, what you're posting. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah, get that. I think you could suspended. do it, Sheila. I follow you. I'm one of the 1,118. So I, I think we should set this as a goal before, no. you know, training camp or something like that. There now, 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 do we need a TikTok? No, oh, I actually don't. I don't have TikTok. No, I, mean, I spend enough, enough time. I spend enough time on Twitter and Instagram. I do not need another. Although that media. said, <laughs> it's it would be hard for me to think of a, uh, a a piece of video I would enjoy more than Zach doing a Rusty Ranks beers. Uh, you know, drinks twelve beers and tells us how the beers are. Checks <laughs> in every three or four days. I, know that's, that's, I mean, oh gosh, if if Zach would do that, I'd I'd, I'd give a lot of money to charity. If, if if this is about raising money for for charity, then I I will drink twelve beers for charity. I, I, <laughs> what? Wait, does he drink twelve beers at like in one sitting? Oh yeah. Oh, I I, I gotta die. finish all twelve. <laughs> yeah. You're not, what do you mean? We're drinking. You're tasting? drinking twelve beers. You're not. Can he do like a? You know, I thought you're you're saying which one you like what the are most. Those little... Yeah. No, 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 no. Gotcha. You gotta finish twelve beers. That's you yeah. And then you, get, you, you, you check be in and a lot of money. I guess go. if it was throughout the course of an entire day, I mean, I, I, I personally cannot see Zach committing an entire day to this. Neither uh, can I. That's why as, I'm as, saying as, it's, as, it's dream as, content for me. As people have been kind enough to point out, I am, I'm not the biggest guy, so I, I don't know how I can, uh, I don't know how I can take twelve. But yeah, well, if it's for charity, something to discuss. Okay, okay you Google Rusty Ranks beers, okay, and uh, tell me if you think it's something you'd like to pull off. Okay, is this a, uh, <laughs> is, is this something that's going to get me in trouble? No. Okay. Okay. Does he need to clear the history? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So no TikTok. We don't know if we need a Twitch yet, right? Mm. I think that's most of them. We're yeah, gonna get no, on any of these live apps, you know, like where you just uh, like people join you. I I guess it's sort of like a Streamyard YouTube, but I guess it will be audio only. And sometimes they call in, right? These are the next. These well, how about this? Let's. No? I think Bodner's done this, right? Yeah, let's open okay. it up to our uh, listeners. If, if 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 there's a social medium that you want us to be more engaged in, whether it's like as a birds with friends group, or if it's like if personally we should uh, we should engage Instagram for work purposes, or or a different medium. What about uh, a Reddit? We could use a Reddit page, right? Where just everybody. All, she all or, or I'm, are I'm on sorry, Bo already or did. Di- that. I think I think I think a Discord is probably better than a. Uh, a oh, Reddit. I don't know what that is. Yeah, let us know in either the comment section or hashtag uh, Zach Zock. <laughs> <laughs> tell right. us, uh, tell us where you want us. Sounds good. Okay. All right, and uh, oh, I forgot to say that Marissa did tell me earlier in the episode it was hey, indeed a Sunday. Yeah, what are you doing? When Sheil, uh, when Sheil was married, so good I research. Guess it must have been. It, it was a five-year so period, right. so there you, must have Marissa. been two leap years in that five-year. There period can't be two leap. It. It's uh, a leap year is every four years. Well, yes, but in a five-year oh, period, yes. it okay. could happen twice. Yes, it could correct. have been the first year and the fifth year. Correct. correct. Yeah, okay. so that that must have been the deal. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, good stuff. Thanks for listening, everybody. Debatable. <laughs> I mean, not really even debatable. It just wasn't that good stuff. But uh, maybe maybe there was like a three-minute period in there for everybody that, that they enjoyed. So for Zach, Sheil, and Marissa, I'm Bo. We'll talk to you next week. And as always, we love you.